I'm Zaid Gale, and welcome to the Peace for Kids podcast, lovingly made by our community here in South LA. We're on a mission to change the biased way people look at the foster care experience, and this is a special episode about the tragedy in Uvalde. I, like most people, found myself saddened, shocked, appalled, and pissed about the mass shooting in Uvalde that left 21 people dead, with 19 of them being children. As information started to come out about the perpetrator, and I learned that he began this mass shooting by first shooting his grandmother, I found myself concerned. I, I worried that he was someone who had a foster care experience because there was no mention of his parents. I also worried that the media would anchor into that as a reason why this horrendous mass shooting occurred. Because we as a public tend to like tidy little ways to package up the insanity by pointing to a specific moment or experience that will explain the unexplainable. But I didn't want that. I wanted justice for the families that lost their loved ones. I wanted real answers. And most of all, I wanted change. Not a politically motivated agenda, but real change. Given the recent mass shootings in Buffalo and Orange County, I was just tired of this being a normal part of our news cycle. With so much suffering in the world, I just needed some fresh air. I had all these emotions bubbling up inside me, and I was feeling pretty powerless. Now, whenever I get this way, I have a chat with my mom, because she's great at bringing things into perspective and providing me with some balance. Now, some of you may know my mom from a previous episode, and for those of you who don't, She's a pretty phenomenal woman. Her personal foster care experience has informed so much of what we do at Peace for Kids. Her example has influenced our community as family model. She strongly believes that children are born with a light that cannot be dimmed by their circumstances, and that with the right connections and guidance, any child, regardless of their conditions, can find that inner light and fuel it into a burning flame of possibilities. This inner light is what saved my mom. But as she got older, she understood that her childhood had to be healed so that her pain and traumas would not be passed down to her children. Because my mom is a very spiritual person, she did most of this healing through her spiritual training and education. She earned a master's degree in spiritual psychology and became a spiritual practitioner in the New Thought Movement. And while she did her inner and personal work, she never forgot about the community she was raised in in South L.A., So she worked for many, many years as a teacher and administrator in the LAUSD. She did this to make sure that the kids in her community had a quality education. Because of my mom's turbulent childhood, school was a safe and important place for her. And so providing that type of place for other children was truly her life's work. And it's because of how sacred my mom viewed school should be that I knew I needed her perspective to direct me in this moment. I think with this recent tragedy, it was more than sadness. I was heartbroken. Mm. My heart broke. I burst into tears. Um, There's a level of innocence that was violated there. That not that the other tragedies didn't um, didn't have an an effect on me because they did. They all did, and I, I think. What I'm feeling is I'm feeling like life is starting to close in a bit. Um, that that I need to start thinking about, okay, if I'm going to the store, 
do I need to look out for? Um, you know, what do I need to look for? Uh, if I am going to church, it, do I need to be aware of something else that's happening? It's just an assault on all of my, um, it's just an assault. And, and it feels like I'm being pulled in so many different directions emotionally mm. that it's just, it feels like overload. And my heart just breaks for those families. Every time, and I can't listen to the, the news around it, just knowing I don't want to know the details. Because the bottom line for me is these children were in school and they were killed. Hmm. The heartbreak that I felt to me is a call to our greater humanity. It's a call to step um, with a wider lens on who we are and what life is. It's a call to go deeper in our hearts, our heart of hearts, so there is still a oneness. And we know it's a oneness because we're feeling the heartbreak. Right. We feel the heartbreak. We feel the pain because it's all of our pain. But if we flip that on his head and we realize before the pain, there is the connection. You know that we're all connected and there is no big difference. And that's, you know, the power of our own kind of attuning of our personal vibration and energy and frequency. Because to your point, we can get shaken by these circumstances so much that it initiates in us a sense of victimization. It initiates in us this idea that we have to do something. We have to fight. We have to get into to the space. And, you know, what what I've known from you and what you and my my father have taught me is when you operate from a space of anger or fear. Yes. You never get the desired result. Right. And so, you know, now is a time for us to anchor into our practices around mindfulness, around breath work, around regulating our nervous system so that we can be really thoughtful and profoundly aware of how we're showing up in this space as ourselves. And so we can have the clarity of mind to do what we are being called to do from our inner voice. Yes. Fear does not bring about good outcomes. You know, I find myself recognizing that the perpetrator was also still a kid in my mind. You yes. know what I mean? Um, yes. And so yes. What, what happened in this kid's life that put him in a position? And who are the people who were in this kid's life who were connected to him? Because... Someone had to know. And I feel like we pivot very quickly when these tragedies happen to talk about gun violence. When we should be talking about our spiritual and moral consciousness of allowing folks who are isolated and in these spaces to engage in this way. Where is the humanity and how we are addressing these things before they even happen? Ah. Because I don't feel that a new policy, a new gun law is going to be the... And I hate the choice of words, but the silver bullet 
to end all this madness, right? What what I believe is going to end it is a real call to awareness, a real call to consciousness that someone who is in pain, who is hurting, is connected to someone who can help them walk through it. Yes. This is not an opportunity to be called out to do something, but an opportunity to be called in, mm -hmm. to be reflective about how we're showing up. And what our personal responsibility is in this journey and in this human condition. Um, and we're all triggered by this in our own unique way. I was talking to you the other day and you were just saying how much school meant to you when you were a kid. Um, and that that was your safe space because you didn't have a safe space at home. And I wonder in the process of thinking about how this has been triggering for you, where's that place you've been able to go that is sacred, that is whole, that is unchanged, even in the face of some of these vicious, incredibly horrific circumstances that seem to be cascading? For me, what it is, is a day-to-day -day practice that I have to check in daily with the... Uh, with the essence of the life that I am living. Because I believe that my life is connected to all life. It's, it's a, a understanding that life at its core, life at its essence, when I look at the world, when I look at just nature, that there is a beauty here. There is a, um, an abundance here. There is a peace here. And I have to choose each day, what am I focusing on? Not denying what's going on in the world, but what am I focusing on? What am I choosing to do? How am I choosing to live? What is my being? What am I understanding and walking in? We, we are vibrational beings. What do you mean? What I mean, we're vibrational beings, and science has proved this through quantum physics, that we have who we are. And, and I'll just give you an example. When you walk into a room, sometimes you walk into a room and you feel like, ooh, what's happened in here? Nobody's talking. Nobody's saying anything. But you feel something. You feel something's not right here. Something's not going on. That's the vibrational energy of what's taking place in that room, of what's emanating from folks. And on the same point, you can walk into a room and it's vibrationally high and people are happy and joyous. Like, whoa, what kind of place is this? This is wonderful. Well, we walk with that. We walk in that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's, to your point in the science of it, right? It is something that's evolved in us as human beings, right? Because we needed to have that in our physiological makeup as we evolve to protect ourselves. And so you talk about the quantum physics aspects of it. There's also the physiological aspect of it, which is our nervous system. And our nervous system has a bi-directional experience when we walk into spaces that you have the ability to regulate and co-regulate a space based on your individual energy and I know it's something that you've had to do as a principal you know you've talked about crazy angry parents who come in and how you've had to take a take a breath yeah put them in a space where you can have a conversation and then move them to a different awareness because of your energy right um, and that they begin to feel safe and trust you in that space and that I think is 
getting back to our individual responsibilities, that's what we can do. I mean, we can be right. in spaces where, you know, our our evolution as human beings to get through that base foundation that evolved early on that requires us to feel safe, mm -hmm. to be liked, and to have a sense that we belong. That is the foundation of who we are as evolved beings because we needed that in order to survive, right? And so our responsibility is to create spaces that initiate that sense of felt safety. Yes. And we can do that on an individual level at the same time that we're fighting for policy and changes. And, and I just want to add to that, to what you're saying, because you're absolutely correct um, that we do each day. We have individual choice of how we're showing up in life and how we are responding, how we're responding, not reacting, because a reaction could be one of fear, a mm. reaction. And fear is contracts your energy. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't heal the situation. It just makes us smaller. And so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. What are we saying yes to? What are we stepping into in our lives? What are we recognizing? Because whatever we recognize, that's what grows. That's what, um, that's what vibrates in our world. <laughs> mm. you know. And we have an opportunity here. Because I, I heard Kerr when he was speaking, the, the coach of the Warriors, he was saying 90% of people believe in this. Well, if 90% of people believe in this, what are 90% of people doing in their individual lives to bring forward what they say that they believe in? Hmm. You know, if, if, we are, if we are saying that we can make a difference. And, and I think sometimes some of these things that are happening are making people collapse. Right. And, and not, um, it, it, it's not a, a, a call to me. Initially, my response was heartbreak mm -hmm. because it is just heartbreaking. And at the same time, I like what you say. What am I being called to do and to be in this situation? What is my call? And whatever action takes place, whatever activity I engage in, should not be from the reaction, but it should be from an understanding of my soul's call to what am I called to do and be in this situation? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I think it's also important to recognize that we shouldn't shame ourselves for having those initial responses again, because, you know, that's that's the physiological response right. in crisis. Right? right. And this is not anything new to anybody. You have freeze, flight, fight and appease. Right. Those four responses are what happens as a result of our nervous system responding to crisis. And those things are natural. And what we have the opportunity to do when we go inward, right? When we go into the breath, when we go into our consciousness, we go into prayer, when we go into mm -hmm. meditation is we have the opportunity to say, okay, I felt that that was real, mm -hmm. but it was actually a call from my body to say, how do we move into a higher evolution? How yes. do we move from this base response right. that is coming from fear, that is coming from anger, uh, that is coming from appeasement and feeling small to being the 
the the fullness of mm-hmm. our humanity, being the fullness of our beingness. And that's not an easy thing, you know, because I think about our kids who are just trying to discover themselves right. and their voice, right? And then they're right. being they're being put in a situation where all these kind of compounding crises are happening. And not to mention, look, we're 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 still in this evolving pandemic and you know young folks who come through this their lives have been impacted everybody's lives have been impacted so it feels like there's just these compounding things and so it's easy to get overwhelmed it's easy to feel as though my life is spinning out of control and what we're talking about here mm-hmm. is that even in this yes i see you Yes. Even in this, I see my own power. Even in this, I see my own divinity. Even in this, I see my own wholeness. Yes. And these reminders, these compounding issues are opportunities to see a greater possibility for the human condition. But it has to begin with us. I, I You are preaching to the choir <laughs> because my prayer every morning, because I pray every single day. And then throughout the day, but my prayer, I, I, I have this prayer, this, and I say at the end of the prayer is, my prayer is for the all of life. And I say, may we be happy. May we recognize our happiness. May we be safe in our thinking, in our lives, in our experience of life. May we know and experience love and know that we are the love that we are experiencing. May we understand and know that we are one. We are one family, we are one life. One family, one life. Just sit with that for a moment. Can you really feel the weight of that truth? If you can, then the horrors of Uvalde take on a very personal meaning. Those were our children and our teachers. That's our community. When we lean into our humanity, there is no space to other anyone else's conditions. We need to integrate the pain the anger, the confusion, and grief that is alive in the human experience right now. So compassionate right action can illuminate the pathway to change. We should let these emotions permeate our beingness so that everyone knows and sees that this is really real for all of us. But we cannot be paralyzed there. Our children need us to be whole so we can model the absolute truth that we can heal ourselves and in turn heal our communities in the world. I strongly believe that this can be done through the breath. Our breath is where all our past traumas live and so we must learn how to heal ourselves through the power of the breath. This is not just some esoteric spiritual mumbo-jumbo. This is something that is scientifically proven. So in future episodes, we're going to highlight the teachings of Dr. Nikki Elliott 
and how her evidence-based mindfulness practices can literally heal and transform our body and our mind. The time is now. We must anchor into a sacred awareness that we are one and that every child deserves to feel safe, to belong, and to be loved. Now I want to give big love to mom for always being there as my sounding board. The wisdom and guidance you offer through your words and beingness has a profound impact on me, our family, and the Peace for Kids community. But most of all, I want to thank the youth, young adults, caregivers, and volunteers who consistently show up and show out to create our community as family. I know this is a painful moment in our human story, but I believe in the innate power of connections and I know that this will only fuel the creation of the world we all deserve. I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode. And until then, much love.